and welcome. You're listening to the Safety and Health Podcast by SHP. My name is Ian Hart and I'm the former editor of SHP. As you may know, after four and a half years at the helm, I have moved on about a month ago to another informer title. Today, in my final episode on the podcast, I'm delighted to welcome and introduce you to SHP's new editor, Mark Glover. Mark, welcome to the SHP podcast and welcome back to SHP. Hi, Ian. Yep, thanks for having me on the podcast. And yeah, it's good to be back and to be uh, doing this handover with you, I guess. So some of our longer term readers and contributors will be aware of you as you've got some experience in the health and safety sector and you've been part of the SHP team in the past. Tell me a little bit about your background. I'm like you're a journalist and an editor by trade. I've worked in mainly in B2B magazines. But as you say, I originally worked on SHP scarily about seven, eight years ago when it was actually a print title. It was a hard copy. It was the uh, official magazine of IOSH. But then just after that, I actually left to do some freelancing. I actually moved up north, having stayed down south for a while. So I had a bit of a, a life change there, but latterly been freelancing and working on other sort of B2B magazines as well but then this opportunity came up for editor and um, decided to go for it and here we are you've been keeping your eye and then you're, you're kind of well okay with the, with the workings of the profession then and what is it about shp and mm. the profession in general then that prompted you to want to come back as editor i i don't know something about the sector that there seems to be or i guess no competitiveness among people that are in the sector everybody ultimately wants the same thing to help people to work safely to return home safely after a, a day's work everybody therefore is willing to share best practice and, and share tips and encourage and, and support and I think that's a really sort of powerful call to action I guess if, if, if you like among the sector that's good to be part of I think more topically I've done some videos for you actually in a, a while ago around around sort of mental health that's something that's quite important to me and I'm pleased there is a bit more of this emphasis now on mental health well-being in the workplace it's still a tricky a tricky thing to try and unpack, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how that sort of takes place during my tenure. And also picking up a bit what you've set up as well, the getting young people into the sector, I think is is really important and seeing how that grows, looking into and supporting women in health and safety. Both those issues, I think, are quite important. So keen to be pushing those agendas as well. Kind of builds nicely onto my next question, because I think one of the things I've noticed over my time at the helm is you know, arguably the profession is, is changing at a more rapid pace than it ever has done in its, in its history before with the increase in, in health and well-being. And obviously in the light of, of the pandemic over the last couple yeah. of years, it's making health and safety perhaps more prominent within businesses than it was before and giving practitioners a real opportunity to go in there and real influence change in, in their business. Yeah. What's been your perspective of how the profession has changed over over your time sort of covering it from a wider perspective? I think COVID's fundamentally shifted so many things, hasn't it? It's it's just been utterly unique and, and changed people's outlook. And I think in health and safety, during those lockdowns, which were extremely tough for workplaces, the health and safety professional, as you say, came to the forefront really were, were pushed to the front. Legislation was, was changing all the time. Messaging was changing all the time. And inadvertently, I guess it meant that the health and safety practitioner was literally getting the ear of the director all the time. And I think that's now made perhaps the directors, the the, the senior teams realise how important health and safety is. It's a shame in a way that that was the shift that had to do it, but it's great. I think it's um it's now making people more aware of health and safety. As I touched on the wellbeing element, just when I was leaving those years ago, it was just on the agenda, I guess. It was health. It was getting a bit of traction, but it's been interesting seeing now how much more it's been incorporated into business case 
and strategy. As I mentioned, I think it's a tricky one strategically, but it is starting to make its way up the agenda. So yeah, things around the pandemic have been interesting and also wellbeing as well, things that I've known. And probably technology as well, Ian, that's having more of an impact. Firms taking more of a risk, if you like, on applications and different platforms and dealing with a lot more data and analytics, which is going to be interesting as well as we go forward. Also, some of the tech and training was really interesting from some of the events that I covered in terms of oh, yeah, uh, yeah. virtual reality and augmented reality and, and how, yeah. you know, it, it's not a good idea to send someone up a, up a scaffolding and find that they're afraid of heights. You know, all that stuff you can yeah. do with, with virtual reality training before you put somebody in that position of risk is, yeah, is yeah. really interesting. The use of drones, National Rail using drones to spot when yeah. the possible cracks might appear in the track. And yeah, it's real fascinating sector to be involved in. And I think, you know, obviously a lot of the listeners to this are going to be well aware of that. But I think it's, it's difficult for people outside the sector to kind of really be aware of the pace of change and, and actually we talked earlier about attracting young people into it and i think that's yeah, exactly. really, really yeah, an area yeah. where they can come yeah. in and share some of these great ideas and, and some of yeah, the things yeah. that they're doing and bring them to within the safety sphere i think it's really really interesting yeah that's one of the things i was thinking about the other day actually about young people seeing the drones and seeing the ai and, and stuff like that do you think that might be a hook for young people coming in there Absolutely. And I think it's like most people as well. People are scared of change. They don't like change. Yeah. And I think you mentioned it earlier, it, it's taken COVID perhaps to make some of these significant changes. And, and I think that's a lot of the challenges that safety practitioners come up against in that often when they go into board level, they're going, we want to implement this idea. And the often the pushback is, well, we haven't had an accident for X amount of years. So why are we needing to spend that money? And it's only when something serious does happen that people really see the light and realize that change does need to be made. So these fresh ideas, now they have got the ear perhaps of, of senior mm. leaders and there's fresh ideas coming in. And I think it's really exciting sector to be in. And, and really, I, I mean, I, I, I've moved away from the sector now, but it's certainly be something that, that I stay attached to and, and will keep a close eye on because sure. of the real passion and of people that I've worked with and I know within the sector and, and you know I, i've become a bit of a, a bit of a safety geek over the last few years and, and really kind of <laughs> yeah. love the sector so cool cool J- just on the learning that you've you've just yeah. come back I believe yesterday or this morning from ehs congress in berlin which uh, is a conference i've attended on numerous yeah. occasions a really really great conference what were some of the kind of key takeaways that you pulled from that this year yeah it's a good conference isn't it yeah really robust sort of lineup of speakers from real sort of big hitters, if you like, talking about behavioural safety. Sydney Decker was there, and we were really talking about technology. A really good presentation from Sue Parker Tantush, who used to work for Co-op, was director at Co-op, and it was how that she was implementing a sort of data incident management um, system, again, touching on some of the things you just mentioned, you know, the reluctance initially, but some of the stuff, some of the reportings that they got out of it were in terms of, finding out about harassment, that females were more likely to be attacked, perhaps men were more likely to be have-a-go heroes and stuff like that. Some of the data they pulled out was fascinating. So it, it was it was a real good insight with case studies as well alongside this sort of psychological behavioural safety element to it as well. The thing I took from it as well, which I think has always been there, Andrew Sharman was chair and it did a great job, but just sort of pushing that idea of leadership which I know is always mentioned, but really affirming now that leadership as being a practitioner, it was a pretty inspiring conference. I think a lot of people left as well feeling that, yeah, this is something we can we can take forward and felt felt motivated. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out over the next week, months and years and if it really is implemented. We've got some bits on SHP online at the moment and then hopefully a few more bits will be drip fed out as we go. It's one of my first trips attending a conference. It was a really good one. 
It's one of those things, isn't it? You touched on it earlier about the shared learning. And I think, you know, they have a lot of senior leaders from large corporations at that event. But even though they are large companies, there's always something you can take away if you work in a smaller business and think, oh, I can implement not to the same scale, but I can implement that within my business. And that sharing and and, and shared insight and knowledge and information is, is, there's always takeaways that you can go, okay, we can make this small change here. And and Andrew, yeah. Andrew Sharma talks a lot about his one percent safer book and how making those yeah. time, small changes yeah. really add yeah. up to kind of big outcomes. So that it's, it, I always find it really interesting to kind of sit and listen to what everyone's got to say. Well, ultimately, and on that one percent safer book, yeah, ultimately it saves a life, doesn't it? <laughs> There's nothing more important, I don't think. Yeah, and I can't think of any other sector where that sense of sharing is so much of an impact. That's pretty amazing. Looking forward, what areas of the yeah. profession are you most keenly focusing on and, and, and what were you kind of looking for from SHP's wealth of contributors and, and readers during your time as editor? Yeah, and I've already heard from sort of old friends that I've known and other people reaching out and stuff. And uh, there's already a good array of stuff we've got on the, the horizon. So um, that's that's really great to have. And sort of credit to yourself in to sort of curate this community that's there. It's really engaged, really willing to help, really willing to, as you know, send really good content there's no one trying to pr too much it's all about helping and and sharing looking forward to getting more stuck into that i keep mentioning mental health but in touch on this idea of you know a strategic outlook it's how is that going to be incorporated into a firm's overall safety management program going back to berlin actually and speaking to a few people out there the general consensus seemed to be that if someone on the shop floor is not feeling great or they've got a few issues going on at home or or something, then there was some research, which I might try and dig out, actually, that someone was speaking to me about. They're more likely, obviously, to make a mistake or, or something like that. So I wonder if there's a way of building that more, more earlier into the management process. I think as well, hybrid working, touching again on the effects of COVID. I just happened, didn't we? We're all working from home now. It's not too common to be in the office Monday to Friday, but there is no real legislation in place. There's sort of rumblings around it and stuff. But what going to be... Uh, looked after how's that going to be implemented how are firms gonna gonna keep on on top of that it's it's created another challenge i guess if you like and it will be interesting to see how that all pans out really as i said young people i just uh, feel it's like a pivotal moment that we sort of can try and encourage and the rising stars initiative which you were part of and i think it's a real important factor i think it'd be really really interesting to see how how that plays out i think we're at a good place now i'm concerned because there seems to be a bit of a gap there are people that might be retiring that are going to sort of drop off perhaps take their procedures with them and there's not enough people coming through there's going to be a bit of a gap in between like a bit of a burning platform if you like and and i, and I think a lot of sectors are, are struggling a bit with this but it seems pretty important in, in health and safety that, that something is plugged here because otherwise it could have a knock-on effect so that's something to sort of keep an eye on and, and also proactively we can perhaps do something about as well. So that Rising Stars initiative, yeah, really keen to see that flourish further as well. It's interesting, just touching on, on the hybrid work and we were recruiting recently and one of the things that we sort of thought about during that recruitment process is that nine times out of ten, you're, you're especially if you're recruiting sort of young graduates, you're nine times out of ten recruiting people that may never work full time in an office or in a workplace for the rest of Again. their career so yeah. there's a real yeah there's a real kind of change in we all aware of the lockdown and what how that affected people differently some people thrived in that environment because it got more chance with their with their families with their pets with their hobbies more free mm. time less commuting 
but some yeah. people didn't you know if you live alone there's that real isolation and you, you miss that human interaction and that's where the, yeah. the kind of well-being angle comes in there's a whole different scale of of how do you manage workers who are at home for you know 60 percent of their working life now they, they don't get those face-to-face interactions with colleagues and you know if they haven't got friends or family or they live alone as an employer perspective you need to be aware and be able to spot the signs when someone might be struggling and so right. it, it's yeah, yeah you're right it adds a whole new whole new dynamic to the way the way you manage stuff from the way you recruit yeah. staff it's, it's going to be really interesting to see whether legislation comes in around that and, and, on how it's managed yeah yeah absolutely no, and you know I, I think you know in loan working obviously before the pandemic you had people that worked from home and it was a small part of loan working you know would be put into that i guess that same bracket as perhaps someone who works um alone in a security role or, or something like that and it was touched on yeah you're absolutely right because people react differently as you say there are people a bit like me I, I was quite happy to stay at home and and could take the dog out and I sort of work better editorial I suppose it's quite nice to be quiet but then the younger people again who perhaps are living on their own in the city somewhere I think that's the kind of people you're you're mentioning in they want to get out don't they they want to see and go into the office and and hang out and stuff and it's gonna be a real um balance sort of going forward how that plays out I mean it's obvious I think that people have been struggling but couple of years perhaps we're going to see a bit more real data in, into how that all pans out but I don't know about you it just look back the last two years it's just been such a shift and you still think gosh this is amazing sometimes but um it, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out again it's really interesting it's just it's uh it's only just starting to get back to normal now and like I recall from just walking around Safety and Health Expo in May and you're kind of bumping into people and yeah. you kind of you lose track of that time period about how long it is since you've last seen that person yeah. and there's also yeah. kind of I know you but have I met you face to face or have I only met you virtually and you kind of just it's just completely lost all, all you know it's such a yeah. weird kind of vortex in our in all of our lives just now good, but good word. we're getting back to and some form of normality now and hopefully that can be firmly put behind us exactly when that was all kicking off in the, the covid period how were you reporting that on shp because it all happened so quickly what sort of conversations were you having and i know i'm throwing this at you because we haven't practiced <laughs> this question it was interesting i know we when it looks like it was going to come into lockdown i sat down with heather beach who i know you know well and Teresa higgins from barber so heather beach from the healthy work company and Teresa from barber and we just kind of got our heads together and said look Teresa's had experience from managing people remotely heather came at it from an angle of of health and well-being and we said look we're going to build a hub page which is still available on on shp yeah. now we're going to build a covid hub page and we're going to update people on the changes in regulation and what's happening and and and, and provide also advice and guidance for for managing people remotely Teresa pointed out that people have managed small groups remotely before but now you're managing whole workforces remotely and mm. how the challenges around that and you know at the height of the first lockdown i was probably spending 45 minutes to an hour every day on that page wow. updating the yeah, content yeah. trying to keep it as up to date as possible and providing links out to the government sites and it was that pace of change it was just really really difficult yeah. for practitioners to kind of keep on top of it and hopefully shp did a good job of doing that and i know the traffic went through the roof on that page and i think that page was ranked fourth or fifth on google at one stage for coronavirus in the workplace or, or something yeah. like that it was it was it was being viewed by people outside the safety sector as well 
that were just it was just a first yeah. for kind of knowledge for that so yeah, yeah it was a really good meeting that we had like a week before we went into lockdown and it and actually provided a wealth of content and, yeah uh, real yeah, so service that, to that, the that sector. was kind of how we how we dealt with it fantastic excellent well uh, mark thank you very much for joining me and i, I wish you all the luck you know, I, I hope the shp contributors and readers will continue to support the title as well as they have done for me i'd like to thank them all for their help and, and support during my time and I, and I hope that they support you in the same way but best of luck and thank you very much for joining me on today's episode thanks ian and also i want to say thanks for all you've done the last four and a half years or however long it's been speaking to contacts and stuff it's it's people speak very highly and what you've achieved so on behalf of them i'd say thanks very much and leaving such a a really rich form of engagement a rich content platform so yeah thanks for all your help as well and good luck in the next role brilliant thanks mark that was mark glover who's the new editor of shp my name is ian hart i'd like to thank mark for his time this afternoon very very much appreciated if you're new to the safety and health podcast please do go back and check out our previous episodes last time we dropped in on another panel debate from safety and health expo in which we discussed managing risk and msd risk assessments at work in the chat, Matt Bertles from HSC and Matt Powell Howard from Nibosh talked about musculoskeletal disorders, risk assessment and risk management, and both provided insight and tips on how to best identify, mitigate and manage risk. If you like what you hear, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. And we're also available on your smart speaker. Simply ask to play the Safety and Health podcast. We'd be really grateful if you could rate and comment on your chosen platform, as that will help us to get the shout out to a wider audience. Please do stay tuned to shponline.co.uk where you can get the very latest health and safety news and you can also sign up to the daily e-newsletter. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for your time over the last four and a half years. I've really enjoyed it and speak to you soon. Bye-bye.